0: with this week's show first off let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners and if this is your first time listening to the show i hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show and on today's show i've got kelly roach kelly is the host of a top rated podcast on stop it success radio an international best-selling author and the ceo of kelly roach coaching so welcome onto the show kelly
1: James, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well,
0: it's good to catch up with you again. Obviously, I had you on my show, on my other show now. I uh, mean, we were talking about, air, I think it was about 12 months ago now. So, and it's just to catch up really, really and see how things have developed since we last spoke
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it, it seems like it was a blink of an eye. I think that's with the pace of life these days. That's how fast things move. But uh, no, good. You know, things are constantly changing. Um, you know, I think that for us, you know, this year was very much about uh, empowering the team and getting the team to a place where they can market, sell, and serve, you know, without me. Um, And that has been a very difficult, challenging process, but a very rewarding one. Um, And I would encourage everyone listening to really think about um, what difficult but very important path you have in front of you that it's important to be working on because many times we avoid those things and that's why we can kind of never get to where we really mm-hmm. want to be right because those things are really hard to do right there's a lot of days I want to like throw my computer through the window but um, I knew that you know we couldn't get to the other side of, of scaling the way that we wanted to and that I believe we could um, without getting that next layer of leaders within my own company ready to be able to um, perform so I challenge everyone um, as we're getting ready for the new year to be thinking that way about what needs to come next in order for you to cross over whatever bridge is in front of you uh, to make your goals and dreams a reality for next year.
0: And obviously, I alluded to it and probably missed a bit of there. Uh, obviously, for the ones, the listeners that didn't happen to catch our first episode together, can you kind of give a brief overview of what you've done and how you've got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my background is working for Fortune 500 doing uh, sales and marketing and business growth strategy. Uh, I was promoted seven times in eight years. So I went from being a sales producer to managing 17 locations and a team of 100. And then when I realized I was only making pennies for the millions of dollars that I was making my company, I decided to go out and help small business owners um, to learn sales and marketing and how to attract clients and how to build winning teams. And so now I run masterminds and group coaching programs, online courses, and do one-on-one work with individuals and corporations uh, to help them market and attract and raise their prices and, you know, achieve their growth goals.
0: And if we come from it from this perspective now, Kelly, and look at it from a mindset um, perspective, do you think, obviously, your time with the Philadelphia Eagles as a cheerleader and also your time working with the five, at Fortune 500 company has kind of instilled in you kind of that, we could say, that fight, that dog-like kind of ethos to succeed in life?
1: Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, I hear people, um, you know, talk about, oh, my corporate, you know, career or my job, you know, and, you know, put that down. And, you know, for me, um, I I believe that every job that you have is very important and it leads you to where you are meant to evolve to as a person. Um, for me in particular, because what I learned in my Fortune 500 experience Is what qualifies me to do what I'm now doing. I especially value my previous experience, right? Because that's how I got to exercise these skills and build these muscles over and over again before I started my own business. So I specifically really value that. And you know, my time with the Philadelphia Eagles, a thousand percent. I mean, it taught it taught me so much discipline. The amount of discipline that you have to have to not only make that team but to stay on it because they did remove people from it. it. It requires an extraordinary level of discipline, um, an extraordinary level of confidence, and willingness to really put yourself out there, whether it's in the audition process um, where you're going up against hundreds of girls and they select only 30 of them, or even once it's game day and you're out there performing in a two-piece in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people, right? So um, either way you look at it, yes, I would say both of those things absolutely shaped me. They prepared me um, and their experiences that I very much value and believe got me to where I am today. Yes.
0: And then if we take it from this flip side, do you think, and maybe look at it from a negative perspective now, do you think working in a corporate environment now, and maybe this is your own personal opinion, do you think it has a detrimental effect on, be it from a fitness perspective, but also your nutrition, overall nutrition?
1: absolutely I mean that's why I started my own business I mean that's one of the reasons why um, obviously financial reasons was one um, fulfillment was another um, and and then just personal care and my ability to have a, a personal life and take care of myself was a huge reason, um, for, for going down a different path because I found that I didn't have the flexibility and freedom that I needed to take care of myself in the way that I wanted to, to make exercise a reality, you know, on an ongoing basis to, you know, prepare and, and be able to, you know, meet my own nutritional needs. Um, which now being a parent, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I'm not even thinking about myself. I'm thinking about you know, making sure my daughter has fruits and vegetables and has well balanced meals. And, you know, I, I think we, our society and our culture um, makes it very much okay to treat your body like a machine and just abuse the heck out of it. Um, and we pay the price. And we don't realize that we're going to pay the price until we wake up sick one day or having a breakdown or in the hospital or 30 pounds overweight. Um, but I think it's something that each and every one of us really have to be thinking about um, no matter what your career is, no matter what business you want to start and grow, whether you're corporate or you're entrepreneur, we all have to be thinking about, you know, we have big goals and dreams, right? And there is no point in putting your blood, sweat, and tears into accomplishing those goals and dreams if in fact, by the time you get there, you're going to be too sick, too burnout, too tired, and too overweight to enjoy them, Right. So that's kind of my take on it.
0: Do you think as a society, we maybe look at it maybe too much on the results nowadays, as opposed to maybe, this is my own personal opinion now, maybe say 10, 20 years ago, we looked at the process as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that when people think of um, health or think of exercise, it's to lose weight or to look good, um, which misses the whole point. Uh, You know, I absolutely believe that the reason to be paying attention to your health and your wellness, both mentally and physically, is so that you can sustain a good quality of life. Right? And, And that's like a basic premise that we take for granted that we don't think about when we're well. But then years of compounding, not taking care of ourselves, it's like a switch. It always hits people out of left field. It's like, boom, the trait frame, you know, comes and all of a sudden you're in the hospital or all of a sudden you're out of work or all of a sudden your whole life gets turned upside down. You weren't expecting it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't take care of yourself. You don't take care of yourself. You don't take care of yourself. And then it just comes crashing over you. And so I think that, yes, we need to focus a lot more on the the process and maintenance for overall well-being, separate from exercise as as a means to lose weight or to look good or whatever the case, and I, I think that's completely missed in our society.
0: Do you think it's because you you could some people might argue well-being kind of has that connotation with mental health, so to speak?
1: Well, I mean, I could go off on the mental health thing for you, and I could talk about that for days. I mean the way that our society treats mental health is beyond absurd. Um, you know, it's beyond absurd. Um, I've dealt with it personally. Um, it's touched my family personally. Uh, I know many people who have suffered from mental health issues. Uh, the treatment options that are available are so poor and, and so bad and so wrong. Um, And it's not taken seriously as a real disease, you know, when someone is mentally ill and and it absolutely is a real disease. And we still as a society have not acknowledged it. Um, But we also don't acknowledge the connection between what you eat and your gut health and your mental wellness and how that impacts your ability to keep functioning mentally at a high level. And there's like no acknowledgement of that. And I don't know if there's like a reason having to do with pharmaceuticals and and government and that type of thing as to why this hasn't come along. But I mean, when we're sending people into space, right, (laughs) there's no reason why we haven't yet acknowledged what mental illness is and what mental health needs to look like. And and taking this seriously, this isn't like a fluffy, um, nice to have thing, like this is an essential to our survival as a human race, that we begin to understand that the foods we're putting in our body are, are causing mental illness, you know, because we're consuming chemicals that were never intended for human consumption that actually are used to kill animals. I mean, let's think about that for a second. That That's what we're putting in our bodies every day, right?
0: But shouldn't people, well, it, you could come at it two ways now. Shouldn't people be prepared to do their due diligence and maybe look under the, not, I won't say under the microscope, but look in more depth because I'll have this argument and we've, we've spoken about it briefly off air that I've gone now into the, back into education and kids will say to me, I will use Coca-Cola as the example now, uh, that it's got like on the, t- on the can, on the bottle, oh, no added sugar. It's like, mm, I think because I've come from the fitness industry, I can kind of say that's kind of like a smokescreen. Yes, it technically doesn't have sugar in in the in the drink, but it will have some kind of replacement, otherwise it will taste bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think there's two different sides of it, right? Like there's us just being ridiculous. Like soda is bad and there's no good soda. So just stop it. Right. Like we all just need to stop that. Right. <laughs> like, So you're not going to drink a can of Coke. That's going to be good for you. No matter how they like reshape the name of whatever this new release is that it is, it's soda. Okay. So let's just stop. I think there's that. But then I also think there's the fact that you buy a, a container of blueberries, right? That's supposed to be a superfood that's the healthiest thing you could put in your body. And now it says right inside of it, wash thoroughly before eating. And why is that?
0: It's got why is that? It's got right?
1: So there's blood. there's two very different sides. It's like even the people that are trying to be healthy are still consuming these same things it, it, you know, with foods that are natural and are good decisions. Um, and you know, we're all put in that situation every day. And then there's us just being silly, right. You know what I mean? Just kind of wanting to convince ourselves that, uh, you know, cigarettes aren't as bad as, you know, they used to be. They only have X amount of uh, tar in them now versus what they did a couple of years ago. Like, right. There, there's two different, you know, I guess, levels or, or dynamics there, right.
0: Oh, yeah, but you could put that down to marketing and marketing alone because it's trying to sell a product.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's
0: not with me using, oh, reading between the lines. It's like, well, that's not black and white. You're trying to sell me some gray area. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I just think, you know, we all have to realize that no one is advocating for our health. No one is going to initiate self-care for any one of us. Um, We have to all realize that, like, with the pace of life that we live, self-care is more important than ever, and we have to make space for it, and we have to make time for it, and we have to treat it as an essential, not a a nice-to-have that comes after everything else.
0: But, Kelly, would you not agree that we say come from it from the the ones that are health conscious, so to speak, now – You talked about the blueberries as the example. Could you not then have foods that are closer to home, say from, what's the word I'm looking for, say farmer's markets, and then you know that it's supposedly organic. You could say the argument on that's like, you still don't know where it's come from entirely.
1: Well, of course, that and the fact that why should people not be able to trust going to their local grocer isn't going to poison them? Like, I think that that is like an obvious essential thing that we should all expect, you know, that if we're making intentionally healthy decisions that someone else shouldn't be putting us at risk in Mm -hmm. doing so, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like if you go to McDonald's every day and you eat McDonald's and you drink Coke, Well, then you've made the choice that that's the path that you are going down and you're going to suffer the consequences that come down that and you are aware, we're all aware of what that means. But if you, on the other hand, are just going to the local grocery store, you're picking out fruits, you're picking out vegetables, you're picking out lean meat, um, you should be able to trust that you're not going to be poisoned in the process and, you know, in a way that, of course, it's not going to show immediately, you're not going to get sick eating it, but, right, it's destroying your body essentially and you don't even realize it you know so I I think there's like you know the the short term and the long term of everything and you know we all play you know an individual role and responsibility in that as well but I think there also is a major shift that needs to be made in terms of what's okay and what's not you know
0: but it's a difficult one because you you brought up you you should you should trust that your produce is going to be free from chemicals however because of the demand for that product now obviously there's going to be well it's virtually you can get any fruit fruit or vegetable around the year uh, and obviously because of that the utilization of pesticides are going to be greater as a result Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah no you're right i mean they're they're gonna be you know and i you know I, i don't think it would be a bad thing for any of us to uh sacrifice a little bit more We are in such overabundance now that we we take for granted, you know, a lot. I mean, we take for granted a lot. Um, Kids in school now don't even know where their food comes from. They don't even know. Like I always make it a point to try to explain to Madison, like my daughter, that's three, you know, where her food came from, how it grows, what the plant looks like, you know, where these things are based out of, you know, I think that's so important because We are in such overabundance at this point that, you know, we do demand fruit year round that doesn't even organically grow at that time of year. That's crazy though. Like, you know what I mean? I I think it would be okay for us to sacrifice a little bit more personally and be a little bit like healthier and and actually appreciate more of what we have. You know, I I would welcome that. I'm sure everybody has a different, I'm sure everybody has a different opinion and point of view on that.
0: But then, like certain vegetables, and I think the good example with us would be the Brussels sprout, because it is solely available all year round, however, it is um it's got a sweeter taste at christmas, so i i can't I can't taste the difference, but that's probably, <laughs> I've probably got accustomed to it and okay got. I didn't I didn't like it as a kid but I have probably got used to and I quite like them now but they've said on health programs in this country they have um what's the word uh manipulate it and and interbred different species so it tastes better you're thinking well not only are you doing them all year round you're you're manipulating it for taste well it's it's all right for people to not like a vegetable. That's it's a choice. As long as you've tried it once, that's how, that's how I was brought up. If you at least try it once, then you don't like it, that's fine. You've, really, you've, you've taken the necessary steps to at least, well, enjoy something. Yeah, not- I completely
1: yeah. agree. I think it's fine to have likes and dislikes and not everything needs to be manipulated and hybrid and, you know, whatever split and, you know, but but I also think we are going to see, and I know this is something that, you know, we started growing tomatoes and peppers and all summer long, we eat right out of our own garden. And my daughter, I'll eat the peppers right off the vine. And, you know, that's her snack in the afternoon. And it's amazing. And we're not using any pesticide or any chemicals. It's all organic. Um, and, you know, we're probably just going to to get our own little greenhouse and start, you know, growing our own stuff. You know, you, everybody kind of knows the common fruits and vegetables that you would actually consume and not waste and I think we're going to start to see a lot more of that. I think I think I hope that people become more aware of what's happening, you know, with our food and hopefully that the the local for local. I mean, for us to grow those vegetables that we eat almost every day in the summer, it's like literally no work. I mean, my husband goes out there once a day, he sprays them with the hose, and they sit in the sun, right? Like, how hard is that? You know what I mean? So I don't know.
0: Well, I, I, I agree with you in that, Kat, because that's something we do. It's not been as fruitful, the like the actual production of the fruit, because well, in the UK it's not the greatest. Well, yeah. It wasn't that bad, but as yeah. good as it probably could have been. And the, probably the, the vegetables suffered as a result. But I think that when it grows at home, I think it tastes better than the fruit. But obviously,
1: oh, it's grown around
0: the world as well.
1: Well, it's fresh and it doesn't have chemicals on it. You can actually smell it. That's the difference. Like when, when fruit is fresh from your own garden, when you smell the pepper, it actually smells like a pepper. Like it's fresh and, and it doesn't have chemicals that are kind of clouding the, the taste and the, the feel and the look and everything else. I mean, you can see like on the carrots, how they have the, the, it has like the white chemicals on it now. Like when you get the the carrots at the store, it's crazy. So I don't know, but I think that, you know, we all have to kind of look at that critically and say, okay, it's one thing to complain about. It's another thing. What are you going to do? I know for us, we're going to grow more of our own. So we know where it came from. And, you know, I think we all just have to be aware of that and realize that um, what we put in our bodies does have an impact. Self-care, 100%. There's a direct correlation between self-care and your ability to meet and and achieve your goals in life, whether it's business or personally. Um, And I think we all have to think differently today about what we're putting on our bodies than we did a couple of years ago, because now... Eating healthy alone is not enough, unfortunately. And I think that's very sad, but it's true.
0: And you brought up a good point there, Kelly. In terms of you know, like with the greenhouse, is it because? And obviously, most of the listeners possibly won't know this. You are in Pennsylvania. Is it to counteract the the winters that you have that you're going to do that, or is it just to make uh, the what was it the word using the UV rays to better yeah.
1: I mean, we have brutal winners here. We have brutal winners. So, I mean, December, January, February, March, it'll be like frozen tundra pretty much. So it'll just allow us to grow more and let them live. Essentially. Um, we can plant earlier, um, and more will, will thrive. We planted actually an apple tree, um, four years ago. It is now. And this year, last year, we got our first, like, three apples. But this year, we'll get our first, like, tree of mm-hmm. apples, which is so, so cool. And Madison, my daughter, eats apples, like, every single day. So we're excited for that. Fruit's a little harder than vegetables, though. I don't know if you noticed the same thing. Fruit's a little harder than vegetables.
0: Uh, it's probably because it's the, – the, the, the soil will probably have something to do with that. I yeah. Think.
1: Yeah. And the climate. Yeah.
0: I know, and Kelly, this is one topic we brought up in the other episode. I was quite interested to get your take on it. Obviously, when I spoke to you this time last year, the Eagles were not having a very good season.
1: Uh, yeah, so this year they're dancing. They're like, what, 10 and 1 right now. Um, so they're killing it. But, but. The Eagles have a find a way. They they have a way to mess things up late in the game. So I'm not doing the dance yet. They're doing the dance. Um I'm still waiting to see, but I'm very excited to see them ten and one. So
0: is is that the the Philadelphia way of being a little bit pessimistic and wait wait to see? That- I don't
1: think I don't think most of Philadelphia is pessimistic. I think they're like over the moon, uh happy and I think they're probably rolling with it. I've just uh you know, I was with the team when we were one game away from the Super Bowl, right? So, I know it's not over till it's over, you know what I mean? But I I am happy. I think Carson Wentz is an unbelievable leader. I have great respect for him. Um I think he's brought a sense of integrity and good character to the team that we haven't seen in over a decade. Um, so for me, I'm just excited to see the kind of team that they're rebuilding, even more so than the results that they're getting. If that makes sense.
0: Well, oh, it's 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 a it's a for for maybe people in Europe, it's a hard one to to maybe understand to a certain degree because. Obviously, there's no promotion relegation, which would be the case in most European sports. So you're thinking, and I raised this with um, one episode I did with injuries, and he was saying the NFL spends less than a third division team over here on research, like for for injuries. You're thinking uh, that shouldn't be possible when they're paying people (laughs) millions of dollars. No, I
1: totally agree with that. I completely agree with that. So much more needs to be done. Right. It's, yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: But it's a difficult one to understand because you're thinking, I was a bit perplexed because you're thinking it's some of the leading, well, it would be the leading sports in terms of payment to their players. You're thinking, well, it's not difficult to invest in research and it's for the greater good of, you could say, the overall population.
1: Yeah, I think they don't even want to acknowledge how big the problem is. And I'm sure they feel by investing in research and doing more about it, it's acknowledging this huge problem that it is not being handled the right way and is not being addressed the right way, you know?
0: Well, they generally, well, the one that come up is the concussion. It's like, well, that's because the players got together and said, well, there must be a common cause here. yeah. You, need to yeah. do about and,
1: it. you know, and I think that I think that the players here um, need to do a lot more advocacy for themselves. I mean, they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, they they could easily band together and rise up and say, hey, you know, we want this included as a part of our contract. You know, we want these rules in place to protect us. We want, you know, this and this. I mean, with with what they are. Being offered and given and paid, certainly they could redirect the way that that was structured if they desired to. Um, I'm not sure why they don't see that as something that they need to be demanding. But you could,
0: come, you could come at that from two different ar- ways of argument because one, uh, you could say it's from a, an America sport perspective now. It's probably the more ruthless and cutthroat in terms of, well, we don't want you anymore. Bang, That you're gone. Whereas mm-hmm. it's not the case would say the NBA or the, the baseball, whereas they can't do that because they've got guaranteed money. Right. Uh, but your perspective saying they should do something about it. Do you think it's maybe because oh, I've made it now? I'm going to look after myself and my family and that's it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to ask one of them like what their thought process is on that. I don't know.
0: If you ought to guess and give your own opinion.
1: I mean, I think maybe it's kind of the classic thing where you think it's not going to happen to me. You know, I think, you know, when you think about getting sick and we were talking earlier about your diet and all of that, we all think it's not going to happen to me, you know, and, and probably a lot of them think the same way. You know, it's not going to happen to me. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to be in this. I'm playing this position. I don't have to worry. You know, whatever the case, and I think that, you know, that's that's probably a lot of the line of thinking. You know, well, I I'll think, be okay. It's not going to happen to me.
0: I think I've probably been brought up the right way. I think it's maybe. Well, I won't say the right way, but my family is more probably probably more pessimistic than most at times. But you could look at it and say. I'm looking at maybe the worst case scenario at times. Yeah. What I am looking at that avenue. What if, okay, it may not arise, but I have thought about it.
1: Yes. And I think that might be missing, <laughs> I think I, that might be missing.
0: But then you might, yeah, I could probably argue that case with the young people today. They think, well, I would like to do this in the future. And then you ask them, well, what's your backup plan? Oh, I haven't got one. You're thinking, right.
1: Well, You're right. You're absolutely right. That's a great point.
0: But it's, I think it was maybe because it was instilled at me, or oh how old have I been, about 14, 15, well, what happens if sport does peter out, you get injured, whatever. Okay, at that particular time, it didn't, it didn't, never, it didn't click with me either. This is what right. I would like to do.
1: Right, uh, right, right.
0: It didn't dawn to me. It's like, well, okay, you've brought it up. Well, what can I do? Obviously, went to university, did degrees, and things like. that. And yeah. set myself up for, well, you could say, now. And if it wouldn't have been for that talk, and I don't know where I'd have been, but okay, I've probably have been. I do have that kind of, a family perspective. They will say to, you, to maybe not immediate family, say mom and dad, but my other family say they were, uh, adamant. Oh, sports—not a real job. It's because decades ago, it was more. You had that as a, or you could say, a side job. And but you were working. Right. As well, whereas now, you can earn a living from that. So they were very much, well, you need to really look at something else. So I had that. I would say badgering in my ears. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I disagree. But now, probably looking back on it they did have a point to some degree, okay, I didn't agree sure. with it, probably still to this group. I would probably use that argument to younger people when I speak to them and say, maybe more so in this country because I know what the benefits of going to the US uh, to study is. Well, if you're good enough sport-wise, yeah, or by all means, because they, they have set on making it professionally, okay, maybe go down this route go to the U S get your education mm-hmm. paid, or, and you can still do sport over there. And kind yeah. of that way. And you, you, I would say win, win because well, as long as you pick a good the degree, that's going to work out.
1: Sure. You yeah. Set yourself
0: up after you've played, if you do go on to make it, or if you finish after college, you can then go into a, into a profession and you've still been able to, well, gain life skills at uni sure. and all those
1: yep backup plan to the backup plan
0: well i think i think it's maybe it's maybe it's you could put it down to maybe a change in society they think well if i put these blinkers on and think about myself yeah this is my or as we talked about earlier looking at that end result yeah nothing nothing else matters but you can't really think about that you need to have these what ifs it, it's probably it you you could argue that it's that negative thinking at the back of your mind if you think like that but it is just, and I would argue this point there is some positives in them as well because you are thinking
1: yeah I don't think it I don't think that's a negative at all I think it's you you always in life should be hoping for the best but planning for the worst so that you're prepared to handle whichever way things go. I don't think that's negative at all. I think it's just smart, strategic, actually. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not hopeful. It doesn't mean that you don't strive for your dreams and go for your goals, but you should always have a plan. You should always be able to pivot. You know, I tell my team every day, if something doesn't work, you pivot, right? Got to be ready to pivot, like in the moment and keep moving. So I think that's a great point.
0: Well, I think I think we could use that sport analogy that I use. The people do have their blinkers on. And you could come of it in numerous examples mm-hmm. <laughs> with that in terms of because the person doesn't agree with somebody's uh ideology uh be it a way of thinking you name it and it's like well I-, I could put my hand up and say i've done it down the years but and people i think they they get they get a little bit perplexed like how can you ignore criticism and i i, I kind of said some because it's going in one ear and out the other <laughs> i'll take i'll take what is positive from what they've said and say say yeah. uh, negative what would be the word negative, not negative you know like you know like that as in the positive reinforcement within that what they've said sure i'll utilize this everything else is garbage yeah like yep that's not important or or i don't agree and i've been able to do that for years so sure. i think it's you could put it down to maybe that's my personality with being quite laid back. It's like, yep, yeah. I don't agree with what you're saying. Okay, there's something positive within that and I agree with it. Yeah, I'll take that. Everything yeah. else, nope.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. I totally agree.
0: But I, I think it that probably comes down to mentality. It's it being a, well dealing a situation and I would argue maybe society is becoming less able to do that and they don't like having conflict?
1: Yeah, I I think that there's a serious avoidance of conflict. Um, And I I think it's good for people to disagree in a healthy way and share different points of view and to allow that. I think that's very important. I think that's how progress is made. Um, But I think in a lot of ways, that's definitely been like kind of pushed down, you know,
0: well, it's, well, you could you could argue, or what's this, the, what would be the term? Be it from a well, a banter perspective, if you're going to dish it out, you've got to be able to receive it. And I think yes,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: I think oh, I, even, I well, my grandmother wasn't the best at that. She'd dish it out but not take it. Whereas I love it. If you're going to give it to me, yeah, you better be able to be re- ready to take it back because it's yeah. Gonna, and I think some people are quite shocked. It's like, well, here you go, you've said it to me, bang, there's your response. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a difficult one because you're yeah, like you were saying, it society's maybe become not accustomed to it and people don't want to hear another side of the argument. Whereas you're thinking, well, like you said, you're not gonna get progress and you're always gonna get that stalemate where if you look at it, the reality, never, 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 nothing is ever going to get resolved and you're always going to have stalemate.
1: Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Which is, well, yeah. if we look at it from a business perspective, nothing's ever going to get done.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: And my final question for you, Kelly, before we wrap up the episode, if you had to summarize what we've been speaking to, about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be?
1: I would say, question everything and think intentionally about what you do what you're focused on, how you're conducting yourself and what you really want in every area of life. You know, don't just get carried away with the herd and just go with what you see everyone else doing. Um, you know, really take the time to be intentional about what you want your life to look like, feel like, um, you know, in, in every area personally and professionally. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to kind of pave your own way and choose what you want really intentionally be okay if it's a little different than what other people are doing or the way other people are conducting themselves and you know at the end of the day like you know get yourself into a situation where you feel fulfilled and happy um, personally and professionally and and that's living life you know is um embracing your own individuality and paving your own path that's right for you and you alone and it doesn't need to be right for anybody other than you
0: so once again, Kelly, thanks for coming on the Mindset Game podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's been my pleasure and it was great catching up with you.
1: You too.
0: And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short written review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it would be more visible in the future to others and thus helping more people which my guests and I are all about. I would like to wish all the listeners a happy holidays. Once again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast.